Om Sang Saraswati Namaha. Upon my departure, she removed and presented this hair ornament. So here's Hanuman. He's showing to Ram the hair ornament of Sita, uh, just as proof that he was there to see her. The Lord of Light took it and held it to his heart. O Lord, the daughter of the cause had tears in both of her eyes when she said this to me. Touch the feet of the Lord along with those of his younger brother and say, You are the friend of the distressed and take away the pain of those who take refuge in you. By my mind, my speech, and my actions, I am totally dedicated to your feet. Then, Master, for which fault of mine have you left me? Yes, I can certainly accept one fault, that being separated from you, I have not yet left my life. But, my Lord, this is the fault of my eyes, who are presenting an obstacle for life to leave. The agony of separation from you is like fire. My body is cotton. My breath is the wind. In this way, the union between fire and wind could burn my body in a moment. But the eyes, for their own welfare, desiring to see you again, keep raining tears to extinguish the fire of separation. Nature's difficulties are so great, and you are so compassionate to the afflicted. Therefore, it is better not to speak anymore. These are Hanuman's words describing Sita's plight. Her body is like cotton. Her soul is the wind. Her breath is the wind. And the union between fire and wind uh, would uh, certainly, uh, it, here, uh, her, her, the agony uh, of separation is like fire. Her body is like cotton. Her breath is the wind. But her eyes keep pouring down tears to extinguish the flames. Otherwise, she would ex ignite in a moment. So, O oh fountain of compassion, her every moment passes as slowly as an age. O oh Lord, let us go immediately and with the strength of your arms vanquish the army of evil and bring her to safety. Hearing the extent of nature's pain, tears came to the lotus eyes of the Lord. He said, For anyone who takes refuge in me in word and mind and body. How can they experience difficulties even in a dream? Pure devotion said, the only difficulty arises when people forget to worship you. Oh Lord, how can the demons count before you? Defeat the enemies and bring back the daughter of the cause. So he said, what, what, are, what are these demons before you? They're nothing. Go ahead and defeat them and bring back Sita. The Lord said, listen, monkey. Neither among God's men or men of wisdom has any embodied being performed such a great benefit to me as you have done. 
I cannot think that I will ever be able to perform a benefit to you of a similar value. There's nothing I can do to repay you. Listen, dear one. I have thought it over extensively and have concluded that I cannot be free from my debt to you. So he's really indebted to Hanuman. The protector of gods again and again looked at the monkey. Tears came to his eyes and his body trembled. Hearing the Lord's words, seeing his pleased countenance, pure devotion was filled with delight. He fell to the earth at the Lord's feet and called, Protect me, protect me, O supreme divinity. Again and again, the Lord tried to raise him, but lost in deep love, he would not get up. Where shall I go? How can I, this is the most wonderful place in the world to be, at the feet of God. Why would I get up? Uh, the Lord pulled his lotus hands, put his lotus hands on the monkey's head, and the Lord of Gauri, Shiva, was overcome by emotion in remembering that feeling. Remember, Hanuman was the 11th avatar, the 11th incarnation of Shiva. And when Ram put his hands on Hanuman's head, Shiva just became immersed in feelings of devotion. Just looking at the bliss of Hanuman, Shiva became totally enraptured. Uh, so it, the, the Lord of Gauri, Shiva, was overcome by emotion in remembering that feeling. Then, composing his mind, the cause of peace, Shiva, continued his extremely beautiful narration. Remember, Shiva is telling this story to, to Parvati. The Lord raised the monkey and embraced him to his heart, then took his hand and made him sit down near beside him. Tell me, monkey, how did you burn down the well-protected fortress of the kingdom of the ego? Pure devotion knew that the Lord was pleased, so he spoke in words without pride or ego. A monkey's greatest skill lies in jumping from limb to limb. What I did in jumping across the ocean, burning the golden city, slaying the demon warriors, destroying the grove of pleasure, these are all because of the greatness of the king of light. For this, O oh Lord, I deserve no credit whatsoever. It's all you. It's just your blessing and your greatness. O oh Lord, with whomever you are pleased, for him there is nothing at all that cannot be attained. For you, even the impossible becomes possible, just like cotton could burn underwater. O Lord, bestow your grace upon me and grant me eternal devotion, which is the cause of supreme bliss. As Shiva said, When the Lord heard the extremely simple words from the monkey, O Divine Mother, he said, So shall it be. Eva must do. So shall it be. 
O Divine Mother Uma, those who have understood the intrinsic nature of consciousness have no desire to stop singing to the Lord or to consider any other idea. That's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, those who have understood the intrinsic nature of consciousness have no desire to stop singing to the Lord or to consider any other idea. I mean, like, what else would you do as long as you had a body? Use it for its most important function that it could perform. Singing to God. What else would you want to think about? <laughs> Whoever has that relationship with the Lord of light in his heart, he will attain supreme devotion to his lotus feet. Hearing the Lord's words, the host of monkeys began to shout, Victory to the gracious bestower of bliss! Victory! Victory! Siyabhura Ramachandra ki jai! Monkeys! Siyabhura Ramachandra ki jai! Thank you. <laughs> then the Lord of Light called the Lord of the Monkeys, Sugreve, and told him to make preparations for the journey. Now, for what purpose shall we wait? Immediately, give orders to assemble the monkey forces. Seeing that the Lord was preparing to complete the drama for which he had come and making preparations to slay the ego, the gods were pleased and rained flowers from the sky and then departed to their home. The Lord of the Monkeys called the various commanders of monkeys and bears to assemble, and the multitude came in various colors, and all of them were possessed of tremendous strength. Now look at this army of monkeys and bears. If you can bear to look. They all bowed their heads to the feet of the Lord, and the bears and monkeys of great strength growled. Consciousness looked at the entire army of monkeys. And then the lotus-eyed repository of grace looked at the commanders. The monkeys derived great strength from the grace of consciousness, and the best of the monkeys became like huge mountains sprouting great wings. <laughs> Filled with delight, consciousness commenced the journey, and many auspicious omens were seen. It was appropriate for there to be good omens upon the commencement of this expedition because his fame is filled with welfare for all. For all. Daughter of the one without a body also knew of the commencement of the Lord's journey because her left limbs began to tremble. Whatever were good omens for the daughter of the cause were bad omens for the ego. Who could count the numbers of that marching army? Uncountable monkeys and bears were roaring. 
with no other weapon other than their claws. Some carried rocks and trees, which they had picked up along the way. Some traveled in the air, some on the land, according to their desire. The bears and monkeys roared like lions, while the elephants in all directions trembled and trumpeted. And now comes the chand, which describes the march of the army towards the sea. The elephants of the directions began to trumpet. The earth shook, the mountains trembled, and the waves of the sea became agitated. Celestial beings, gods, men of wisdom, snakes, divine beings, all experienced delight in their minds, knowing that now their pain would soon be ended. Uncountable monkey warriors gnashed their teeth and uncountable others ran ahead crying, Victory to the strong, the heroic, the lord of the nation of welfare, the respected supreme consciousness and singing of his qualities. The great king of snakes, Sheesh, uh, uh, who means uh, uh, the ultimate, uh, who supports the earth, had difficulty supporting the weight of that immense army. Again and again, he grew faint under the extreme weight and bit his teeth into the hard shell of the tortoise which supports him. So here you have Kurma Devta, Vishnu's uh, avatar as the tortoise, who is supporting Amantha, or Sheshnag, the 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 energy of infinity, the sheish, the ultimate energy. And upon this uh, sheish nag, he's supporting the earth. And upon the earth is marching the monkey army. And uh, sheish nag, who has all the infinite energy, is so burdened by the strength of this army that he bit into the tortoise shell of of the tortoise, of Vishnu's avatar, in order to, to appease his, his weakness. Uh, he was growing faint from weakness. In so doing, he made such markings in the shell of the tortoise that it is understood that he wrote the saga of consciousness's exploits indelibly into the shell for all posterity. And that's why all the tortoise shells have such markings. Uh, because uh, Shesh was uh, the 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 snake was biting into the shell, because in order to get strength and inspiration to support the earth upon which this army was marching. Uh, uh, to this very day, all the tortoise shells you'll see, they all have the barkings. Uh, in this way, the repository of grace traveled to the shore of the ocean, and the immense army of bears and monkey warriors began to eat whatever fruits they could find. There, in the kingdom of the ego, everyone was beset with doubts since it was destroyed by fire. Everyone was thinking of their homes and wondering in what way the family of demons could be saved. If no one is able to describe the strength of his one ambassador, then how can we think of what great calamity will befall us when he comes himself? Uh, here's Hanuman, Ram Dut, the ambassador of Ram. The one ambassador was strong enough to burn down the entire city of demons. Just think what happens when the Lord himself comes. Who's going to save us? 
Not one of the soldiers, all the uncountable soldiers in the army of the ego could defeat Hanuman. <laughs> What's to speak of their facing Ram? This is their contemplation. Hearing reports of the doubts of the citizens from his trusted spies, from her trusted spies, she who supports the mind, the queen, Mandodri, was beset with concern. In private, she went to her husband with hands folded in respect, bowed to his feet, and politely spoke words full of reason, as many women often do. She said, oh, my beloved, please leave this enmity with the respected who takes away adversity. Please take my words to your heart as extremely beneficial from remembering the actions of his ambassador, the pregnant demon women miscarried in fear. Oh, my beloved husband, if you want the best, call your ministers and along with them send his wife back to him. Nature has come to our family like a frost in the night to a bed of lotuses. Oh, my Lord, please listen. Without returning nature, not even who radiates peace, Shiva, nor creative consciousness, Brahma, can save you. The arrows of consciousness are like an army of snakes, while our army is like a group of frogs. Renounce your stubborn attitude and use the means to save them from being devoured. Hearing those words, that fool who was famous for his egotism laughed in derision. The intrinsic nature of women is truly to be afraid. Even in times of welfare you have fear. How has your mind become so weak? Even if an army of monkeys were to attack, then the unfortunate demons will eat them up in order to nourish their lives, to fulfill their appetite. They'll just devour those monkeys. What's a band of monkeys compared to our demon warriors? Absolutely, the, the, the true nature of women is always to be af afraid and to conceive the worst possible results. The one who is feared by the guardians of the ten directions, his wife is afraid? This is very funny indeed. Speaking in this manner, he laughed and hugged her with great affection and departed to his council chamber. She who supports the mind's heart was beset with anxiety, fearing that God had turned against her husband. Sitting in his council chambers, he received the news that the entire army of the enemy had arrived at the far shores of the ocean. He asked his ministers what ought to be done now. They replied with a laugh that you sit with ease, free from concern. You defeated the gods and demons without any strain. Why should you be concerned about some men and monkeys? 
Now, this is Tulsi Das's observation. If an advisor, a doctor, or a guru, these three, say only what is pleasing to their listener from fear or from selfish desire, then the kingdom, the body, and the ideals of perfection will quickly be destroyed. You can't maintain your kingdom. You can't maintain your body. You can't maintain your dharma. Unless... You listen to the truth. You really take to heart the counsel of the wise ministers. This was the position of the ego. Whenever he was present, his advisors continually told him the things he liked to hear. In this circumstance, discrimination presented himself and bowed his head with deep humility before his older brother. After bowing his head, he took his seat and requested permission to speak. O merciful one, since you have given me permission to speak, then, hey, my beloved brother, I will say that which in my understanding I believe to be in your best interest. Whoever desires his own welfare, excellent fame, wise understanding, an excellent end, and various forms of happiness will not look at another man's woman. Just like people avoid looking at the moon on the fourth day of its appearance, except for Karvachot. That's the fourth day in Kartik. Uh, in the month of November, uh, all the women fast all day long, and then they go out and look at the moon. They look at the reflection of the moon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here, uh, uh, people just uh, don't normally uh, look at just the way uh, they refrain from looking at the moon on the fourth day of its appearance. In the same way, don't lust after another man's wife. Even if one be lord of the 14 worlds, remember, seven above and seven below? Ah, it be, if he become an enemy, if he became an enemy of living beings, he will not remain. If a man be an ocean of qualities and be clever as well, because of a little greed, no one will speak well of him. O Lord, desire, anger, arrogance, and greed all lead the way to hell. Leave all of these and celebrate the Lord of light just like the saints do celebrate. Hmm. That's one of the great dohas. Your desire and anger and arrogance and greed all lead the way to hell. Leave all of these and celebrate the Lord of Light. My beloved, consciousness is not only a man acting as a king. He is the master of all the worlds. He is the time beyond all time. 
He is the supreme divinity, unchanging, without birth, Lord of all, who distinguishes all existence, undefeated, without a second, infinite. For the benefit of the earth, the learned men, the cows, and gods, the ocean of grace has taken the body of a human being. Please listen, brother. He gives bliss to those who serve him, destroys those who perform evil, and protects the ways of wisdom and the ideals of perfection. Leave this enmity and bow your head in respect. For those who take refuge in the Lord of light, he destroys all pain. O king, return the daughter of the one without a body to the Lord and without any other motivation, sing the praise of consciousness with great love. Yes, please. Well, Bibhishan is discrimination. And his duty is, what does discrimination do? Discrimination isn't really very tactful. Discrimination says right or wrong. Hmm. I mean, that's what discrimination does. And he says, brother, you're wrong. What if he had a discrimination on his own tactic? <laughs> then he might be more diplomatic. <laughs> But here, discrimination is saying, wrong. You're wrong. That's the Lord. Gold, we Like, he's not even, he's none of those categories, so why should he do it? I mean, he, 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 he doesn't have to No, uh, Robin is a great Brahmin and an extremely learned individual. He did such tapasya and such, he knew right. He was a commentator on the Vedas. He uh, wrote uh, uh, the, uh, so many stotrams. Uh, he, he was extremely learned and extremely accomplished in Sanskrit and in Vedic lore. Uh, now here is discrimination saying, you know. You know better. Your greed and your arrogance is going to lead you to hell. Come, come, uh, free yourself from your, uh, your ripus, uh, the limitations of consciousness, uh, and free yourself and celebrate the Lord. This is your duty as a Brahmin. You're from the lineage of Pulastya. Uh, you're, from, uh, you're born from Rishi. You have uh, knowledge of Sanskrit. You have knowledge of Vedas. You have so much wisdom and so much accomplishments. Why are you sur sur surrendering, submitting yourself to the base emotions, the lower attachments? I find nothing offensive in discrimination's tact. But he had to go on record as saying, I oppose. Does anybody have any comment? So, so Ravana was actually like, was a fallen Rishi? 
No, he's a he's a Rakshasa. His mother was a Rakshasa and his father was a So, he could have been either. But that's sort of the way we all are. We're not in devotion. I mean, the more we know and the better educated we are, the worse we behave. Oh, really? <laughs> Is that what we have to look forward to? <laughs> It does happen very frequently, unfortunately. Uh, if you look at some of the learned commentators on the Vedas, they become possessed by their claim to knowledge. But um, satyam vidyam binoy bhavati. True knowledge confers humility. And that's really the, the true knowledge that we would seek, is the knowledge that confers humility. Mm. Swami, how is it that discrimination is the brother of ego? They were born in the same family, from the same rishi. But let's see, how, does, how do you, doesn't an ego... Uh, every ego discriminates, this is for me, and this is for thee, and this is mine, and this is someone else's. So as soon as you have ego, you have an understanding of what belongs to the ego and what does not. Oh, I, I would assume that when we go into antakaran, the inner cause, is comprised of mon, buddhi, chitta, and ahamkar. Mon is all the subjective thought. Buddhi is all the objective thought. Chitta is all the thought. And that gives birth to ahamkar, to ego, the sense that I am something different. Kojito ergo sum, I think. Therefore, I am something different from the thought or from the object. I am the subject. And instantly, discrimination is born. The brother. Because it's determining which belongs to me and which doesn't. So, I think that uh, ego and discrimination we go hand in hand. If the ego listens to discrimination, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's good humor. Right, and that's why discrimination changes sides and goes over to fight with, Robin, uh, with Ram. Well, let's get, continue. We have only a few more uh, uh, verses. The Lord never forsakes one who has taken refuge in him. Even if he had committed sins against the entire world before repentance, 
He whose name destroys the pain of the three worlds, that Lord has manifest. Please understand this ego. So he's telling his brother, this, this is not just an ordinary man. This is the avatar of Vishnu. O oh, one with ten heads, again and again I bow to your feet and with all humility request you to leave your pride, delusion, and arrogance and celebrate the divinity of the nation of welfare. The, the sage Pulasti, our grandfather, has just sent this message through his disciple and that is why I have taken this opportunity to convey it to you, beloved brother. So the grandfather was sitting and meditating in the Himalayas and he sent a message through his disciple saying, don't fight with God, surrender. Respect was the name of a very wise minister. Hearing the speech of discrimination, he was very happy and said, Oh, dear one, your younger brother is extremely proficient in diplomacy. Please accept in your heart what discrimination has said. Ego became angry and said, These two fools are continually praising the greatness of my enemy. Is there no one here who will take them away from me? Then respect went away to his home. But Discrimination remained and with hands folded in respect began to plead. O oh Lord, our holy scriptures proclaim that excellent intelligence and selfish stupidity reside within all. Where there is excellent intelligence, there is the enjoyment of various kinds of wealth. Where there is selfish stupidity, the result is always adversity. Now selfish stupidity has taken you in its grasp and the results will be opposite. You cannot tell benefit from disaster nor who is your friend nor who is your enemy. Your love for nature is like the night of delusion for the dis dissolution for the demon families. Oh, my beloved brother, I am falling at your feet as a beggar. Please remember your love for me as a little child, and because of that love, return nature to consciousness so that nothing bad will befall you. And this is as far as we read tonight. So discrimination is sitting at the feet of his brother ego, grabbing onto his feet, saying, Please return Sita. If you don't do anything else for me in this lifetime, I will be satisfied, but send that lady home. Leave your arrogance, leave your delusion, leave your obsession, and celebrate the Lord of Light. Now, do we have any questions about what we read tonight? Or do we see the flow of the story? how ego is just totally obsessed with his own powers. And he demands possession of all that he demands. He wants it his way. Doesn't matter who advises in what way. Ego is stubborn and says, I want it my way. 
she who supports the mind, respect, discrimination, the true friends of the ego. They all come and plead with the ego. Ego, give up your stubbornness. You're jeopardizing the entire kingdom. Ego says, I know better. I don't have to listen to you. You're always praising my enemy. You're counseling me to give in. You want me to show my weakness. You're trying to make a fool of me. Why should I listen to counselors like you? I'll listen to these fine friends who tell me I have nothing to worry about. I'm so strong I can defeat anyone. I will always be victorious. Those are my true friends. Maybe something of this Ramayan goes on inside of us. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe continually. <laughs> there's, there's something in uh, psychology about neurotics that uh, when, they, when they do therapy or when they try to get better, they just get subtler at defending their position. So unless they have a true change of heart, they actually just get more well-adapted in being still neurotic or stubborn in the same position. Don't you have a classic example before you? <laughs> uh, we become so strong and we can defend any position. And just look at our own behavior and see how, I don't know about neurotics, or it, but all of us, how we can rationalize any behavior that brings success to what we think is successful. <laughs> we can rationalize we, we, we just surrender reason and we surrender uh, convention and morality to the ethics of convenience. <laughs> and don't listen to discrimination or to respect or to she who supports the mind. We want it our way. And we're entitled to have it our way. And how many advisors in our council of ministers say you can have it your way, you should have it your way, even if it's not true or it's not necessarily right? So, Miji, this drama that is this that goes on within us, is, it's just the way it is? Is that it's just what happens? Mm, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> Did you ever see the way it happens that way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see it so clearly in others. <laughs> and now we're trying to look inside and see it happening inside ourselves. And listen to discrimination when he says, surrender to the Lord of light. She who supports the mind. Huh? Say a little about her, the wife of. Oh, yeah. She, she's, she's totally supportive. She wants the best for her man. And she is the, the, the energy 
that counsels goodness. You know, ego isn't necessarily bad. Ego is saying, I am different from. Now, this ego in Robin became the great egotist, which is different from just the ego. Because ego says there's separation. And that's not bad. That's true from one point of view. There is separation. But when that separation takes on the form of becoming the great egotist and becoming Robin who causes others to cry, who brings tears and sorrow to the world, Robin, Ruth, to make others to cry, then she who supports the mind comes and counsels goodness. And she says, you don't need another man's wife. No good can come from taking another man's wife. Uh, You've got enough of your own. How How can you keep us all happy? What joy could that bring you? What peace could that bring our kingdom? Uh, Stay home. So, Mando Dori, she's supporting the mind. Mando Dori. She's supporting the mind. And she's saying, hey, I'm giving you all the sustenance, all the nutrients, all the nourishment that you require. Do the right thing. Act in accordance with Dharma. Now, discrimination comes in this beautiful logic. He says, Sumati Kumati, Sumati Kumati Sabaking Uraraking, Nat Purana Nigama Asakaking, Jahan Sumati Krahan Sampati Nana, Jahan Kumati Takambipati Nidana. Wherever there is Sumati, intelligence, Sumat, excellent mind, excellent thoughts, and Kumat. Selfishness, stupidity, foolishness. They all resi- they both reside in everybody. Ah. So there's excellent intelligence, sumati, and there's selfish stupidity, kumati. And they both reside within us. Now don't listen to the kumati. When you listen to the Sumati, you get Sampatinana, various forms of wealth. You get, uh, 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 there's uh, 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 nine forms of wealth. You get peace, you get joy, you get contentment, satisfaction, you get uh, consistency. Uh, um, You get uh, 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 courage. Uh-huh. And and patience and um I don't remember the other two. But close. So there are nine forms of wealth. As as in Sri, Sha means Shanti, Ra means your mind, E means your heart. You get the nine forms of wealth. Peace in your mind and peace in your heart. So he's saying leave this selfish stupidity. Because if you take the excellent intelligence, you're going to get all the wealth. 
if you follow the path of selfish stupidity, the result is always adversity. Please. Yes. Well, because ahamkar is, is born from man. So from man comes this ahamkar. Now buddhi uh, gives rise to an objective ahamkar. But man gives rise to a subjective ahamkar. So the, the objective ahamkar just says there's just distinction between this form of existence and other forms of existence. But subjective ahamkar says, I like this and I don't like that. This is good for me and that's not. Hmm. So she who supports the mind is uh, supporting uh, her man. Sure. Right, and that's what we're all trying to do is harness all the relatives to keep going in the, in the right direction. And that's the importance of our satsang. Because in the satsang, we may find a little bit of inspiration to do the right thing next time. Maybe. Are there any other questions? Om Sang Saraswati Namaha. Thank you all. We'll go to page 104. So remember, discrimination was falling at the feet of the, the ego. He said, oh, my beloved brother, I am falling at your feet as a beggar. Please remember your love for me as a little child. And because of that love, return nature to consciousness so that nothing bad will befall to you. Discrimination tried in every way to persuade him, quoting him the words of scriptures, the Vedas, wise men, and diplomacy. The one with ten heads rose from his seat in anger from listening and proclaimed, Now your death has come close to you. Oh, you fool, you are surviving by eating my food. What a fool you are by taking the side of my enemy. Tell me, who is there in this world that I have not defeated by the strength of my arms? Living in my city, you are in love with those sadhus performing austerities in the forest? Go live with them and teach ethics to them. Saying this, he kicked his younger brother with his foot. But the younger brother clasped his feet again and again. Shiva said, Divine Mother Uma, that is 
the greatness of a saint. Even though treated with evil, he only offered goodness in return. Discrimination said, Respected brother, you are like my father. It is okay for you to strike me. But, oh, my Lord, your welfare lies in celebra or celebrating the respect of consciousness. Uh, so, Bibishan is telling to Ravana, I, I don't mind that you kicked me. Just leave your enmity with the Lord. Discrimination rose up into the air along with his advisors and while departing said, the respected consciousness has true determination and is the Lord, and your council chamber is subject to time. Now, I am going to take refuge with the respected hero of light. Please do not hold me at fault. You just kicked me out of the kingdom. What alternative do I have? When discrimination left, saying these words then all of those demons became condemned to death. Shiva said, O Divine Mother, the insult to a sadhu immediately destroys all welfare. The moment that ego renounced discrimination, his indivisible lordship was destroyed. With great delight, discrimination proceeded in search of the Lord of Light, lost in his own thoughts. He thought, I will go and see the lotus feet with their beautiful red soles, which give such pleasures to those who serve without selfish attachment. Touching those feet, Ahalya, the wife of the Rishi Gotam, was liberated, and the forest of punishment became purified. The same feet that the daughter of the cause keeps in her heart, which ran in pursuit of the de deceitful deer, and who even Lord Shiva keeps in the ocean of his heart, what great fortune that today I will see those feet. Well, I'll see those socks. I know that under those socks are the feet. Now remember, uh, Indra was lusting after Ahalya. She was the most beautiful woman. And Indra looked down from heaven. He said, I just have to enjoy with Ahalya. Well, he couldn't think of any way to seduce Ahalya. So one day, bright and early, of course, at the Brahma Mahorta, Rishi Gotam got up and he went to take his bath in the river. Indra immediately came to the hermitage and put on the form of Rishi Gotam. He went into Ahalya's hut and he laid down with her and they enjoyed together. Just as he was coming out of that hut, Gotam came back from his bath. And when he saw someone else wearing his body exactly in the same form, he knew just what had happened. Ahalya came running out and said, Oh, my Lord, I can't believe I've been deceived by a god. Is this the quality of the gods that they deceive their devotees? 
Please forgive me, my husband. I meant no disrespect to you. The husband got mad. Gotam got mad. He said, you're wrong. You only looked at the outside. If you had looked inside, you would have seen that it was a deceit. Therefore, I curse you. You become a stone. And he threw the water on Ahalya, and she immediately became a stone. And as she was becoming a stone, she said, how can I be free from this curse? And Gotam said, when Ram comes, he will touch the stone with his foot, and you will be redeemed from the curse. Ahalya became a stone, and in the form of a stone, she sat there saying, Ram, Ram, Ram. Now here it is in the Treta Yuga. Vishwamitra was on his way to uh, Mithila. He was invited to witness the Swayambara of Janaki, of, of the daughter of the cause, the marriage of Sita. Ram and Lakshman had just protected him from the offenses of the demons. They protected his yagya. And the three, the guru and his two disciples, were on their way to Mithila to witness the wedding of Sita. And they came to the desolated hermitage of Rishi Gautam. And Ram said, what is this place? It's totally desolate. Nothing is growing here except in the middle of that stone, there's a Tulsi plant. How does a Tulsi plant grow from a stone? And Vishwamitra said, Ram, everyone knows how to give punishment, but only the very pure know how to redeem the fallen. So touch that stone with your foot and redeem a fallen woman. Ram went over and put his foot on the stone. The stone immediately became Ahalya, and she was saved from the curse. And that's why he's called Patita Pavan, who redeems the fallen, who, who saves those who are lowly, who uplifts the lowly. Patita Pavan. So here's the story uh, that, that Ram's foot saved Ahalya, the touch of his foot. Uh, Ahalya, the wife of Rishi Gotam, was liberated. Uh, and Janaki, uh, uh, the daughter of the cause, Sita keeps those feet in her heart. Even Shiva meditates upon the feet of, of Ram. And Swami? Yes. Then didn't he, um, was he going to curse Gotam? Was he going to send a curse to Gotam for doing that to his wife? And she said, no, it wasn't a curse, it was a blessing. Oh, that? no, no, no. When Ahalya woke up from uh, her form as a stone, she looked into the eyes of Ram, and she said, he thought he cursed me, but now I realize it was the greatest blessing that because of his anger, I get to look into the face of God. 
It wasn't a curse at all. It was the greatest blessing that he could have possibly have given me. That was Ahalia's understanding. It was worth it just to look in the eyes of God. What does it mean a few hundred thousand years of saying Ram, Ram, Ram in the form of a stone? <laughs> if at the end of that tapasya, if at the end of that tapasya you can wake up and look into the eyes of God. And so that's how Ahalya was redeemed. She didn't regard it as a curse at all. She regarded it as the greatest blessing and the greatest benediction. The sandals of those feet who shines with the light of wisdom Bharat has enshrined in his mind. Remember, Bharat uh, didn't want to accept the kingdom. Uh, the, the story was uh, Kaikei schemed to get the kingdom to give it to her son Bharat. She wanted him to be the king. So she banished Ram to the forest for 14 years. Bharat, when, when he found out about this deceitful plan, uh, he, he went back home. He found that his father had died. His mothers were all widowed. Uh, he, Ram, his beloved brother, was banished to the forest for 14 years, and he didn't want the kingdom. He went to the forest and he went with all the retinue and the council of ministers and the gurus and even all the mothers, all the citizens, they went and they said, Ram, you are the rightful king. You be the king of Ayodhya. Only the perfect expression of the subtle body of consciousness is entitled to be enshrined on the throne of the place where there is no war, the place of perfect peace. Remember, yud means war, and ayud means without war, and ayodhya, the place where there is no war, the place of perfect peace, is the place of the perfection of consciousness. You sit on the throne. And Ram said, I, I, you, you come to me with such humility and with such love and with such grace, I accept your proposal. I will be the king. But so that I won't be untrue to my word to my father, you manage the kingdom for me for the next 14 years. Bharat, his brother, he who shines with the light of wisdom, bah, to shine, to radiate the light. Bharat said, give me something. Ram said, what do you want? Bharat said, I want your shoes. And Ram said, what will you do with my shoes? Bharat replied, I'm going to put them on the throne and worship them every day. so that everything I do is as a servant of God. And never do I think that I am the manager or owner of this estate. So now here, whose shoes uh, Bharat always keeps enshrined in his mind. Uh, uh, oh, at last, today I am going to see those feet with these mine own eyes. 
In this way, lost in thoughts of love, he quickly crossed the ocean to the other shore. When the monkeys saw him approaching, they thought that he was an ambassador from the enemy. They ordered him to await orders and went to inform excellent friends who grieved and told him the news. Excellent friend went to tell consciousness, O oh, king of light, please listen. The brother of the eagle has come to meet you. The Lord asked, my, my friend, what do you understand? And the king of the monkeys replied, Oh, great king, please listen. We don't know why he has come, but we know that the demons by their magic can change form at their own wish. This fool has come here to learn our secrets. That is why I think it is best that we do not allow him. Consciousness said, My friend, you are expert at the rules of ethics, but I have a vow to take away the fear of anyone who takes refuge with me. Pure devotion was delighted to hear the Lord's words. Consciousness again said, Those human beings who for fear of their own loss refuse shelter to a being in distress, they are small, filled with sin, and there is loss in even seeing them. Even he who has slain millions of learned people, if he takes refuge in me, I will not forsake him. Whatever life can come to face me, his sins of millions of births are destroyed. Sinners have an intrinsic nature that they never find inclination to celebrate divinity. If he actually had evil in his heart, would it be possible for him to come before me? Only those human beings who have a pure mind can find me. I do not accept deceitful cheaters. Even if the one with ten heads sent him to learn our secrets, we still have no cause for fear of loss, Lord of Monkeys. My friend, determination alone can slay all the demons in but a moment. And if he has come to seek refuge in me because of fear, then I shall grant him life. The repository of grace said with a laugh, In either case, bring him in. The monkeys cried, Victory to the giver of grace! While he who subordinates himself and pure devotion went to bring him. He was escorted with respect to where the repository of grace the Lord of Light was situated. From afar he saw the two brothers who give bliss to all eyes. Seeing that picture of consciousness, the residence of beauty, the visitor stood completely still, unable to utter a word or blink his eyes. The Lord had long arms, eyes like red lotuses, and a dark body which takes away the fear of those who take refuge in him. He had the shoulders of a lion, a broad chest, and was very charming. His face was more mesmerizing than uncountable gods of love. Seeing the Lord, discrimination could not hold back his tears of love, and his body began to tremble. <clears throat> then he composed himself and spoke in soft and sweet words, 
Oh, Lord, the one with ten heads is my brother. Oh, protector of the gods, I was born of the family of demons. My body was born of darkness, and by nature I am prone to sin, just like the owl enjoys only the darkness of night. O Lord, I came to you having heard that you destroy the fear of existence. You destroy the pain of all who are distressed and give comfort to those who take refuge in you. Protect me, protect me, hero of light. Seeing him bowing completely at his feet, immediately the Lord rose with great delight. Hearing those humble words, the Lord's mind rejoiced, and with his long arms he raised him and embraced him to his heart. Allowing his younger brother determination to embrace him, discrimination was given a seat at the Lord's side. The Lord who removes all fear from devotees spoke these words, Hey, Lord of the kingdom of the ego! Are you and your family well? You live in a difficult place. Day and night you have the society of evil. In such a circumstance, how do you practice your ideals of perfection? I know all about your lifestyle. You are an expert at, expert, at ethical behavior and have nothing to do with unethical behavior. Oh, dear one, it is much better to live in hell than to have God place us in evil association. Discrimination replied, O oh Lord of light, now that I have seen your feet, I am well, and you have given me the great compassion to have known me as your servant. No life can be well, neither can there be rest in dreams or in thoughts until one renounces desires and takes refuge in singing of divine consciousness. The evil ones, greed, delusion, jealousy, arrogance, pride, and others can only stay in our minds until the Lord of Light, armed with bow and arrows, does not take up residence in our hearts. Attachment is like a completely dark night. Passion and enmity give pleasure to the owl who remains awake. That night of attachment can only occupy the mind of life until the radiance of the Lord rises like the rising sun. Uh, so here is, attachments are like the dark night. And the owl who is awake at night uh, he, he's enjoying witnessing this passion and enmity. Uh, but that night of attachment can only occupy the mind until the Lord, uh, with his radiance, rises like the rising sun. When the Lord takes residence in our heart, his radiance illuminates the atmosphere. The night is dispelled, the darkness goes away, and attachments dissolve immediately. O oh, consciousness, seeing your lotus feet has made me well, and my greatest fears have been dispelled. O oh, merciful one, the ones who enjoy your favor are free from the threefold torments of existence. Uh, the gross body, the subtle body, and the causal body. Or all the threes. 
I am an extremely lowly being, born of demons. I never perform pure behavior. Yet the form that men of wisdom strive to see in meditation has been so gracious as to embrace me to his heart. All the rishis and munis are doing tapasya for thousands of years to see you. And I walk in the door and you just hug me. <laughs> what a mind blower. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> These guys are doing tapasya for thousands of years. Mm. Then we just show up. Yeah. <laughs> And dinner's ready. <laughs> oh, consciousness, rays of happiness and grace, with what good fortune am I blessed with today? I have seen with my own eyes the lotus feet of he who is served by the creative consciousness, Brahma, the consciousness of infinite goodness, Shiva. Consciousness said, listen, my friend. I will tell you of my intrinsic nature, which is known by the wise crow, Bushundi, who radiates peace and the daughter of the mountain. Three guys know my intrinsic nature. The kak Bushundi, remember the crow who taught the story to Garuda, who radiates peace. Shankar, uh, Shambo, who radiates peace, and the daughter of the mountain, uh, Janaki. Girijau. Uh, if any man, even a traitor to the world, which moves and does not move, comes to me to take refuge from fear with full consciousness and renounces arrogance, delusion, and various forms of deceitful behavior, I make him a sadhu very quickly. Uh, look at this association. Testimony. Mother, father, brother, children, wife, body, wealth, home, friends, and family, if one renounces all attachments and binds himself to my feet with no other desire than me, he sees with all, all with equilibrium. His mind is always happy, and he knows neither grief nor fear. Such true beings reside in my heart just like the thought of wealth resides in the heart of a greedy man. Mm. Anyone who renounces all attachment sees all with equanimity and equilibrium and his mind is always happy and he knows neither grief nor fear. Just that's my intrinsic nature. Saints like you are beloved by me, and for no other reason do I wear a body. Those who worship the Lord with form, who always think for the welfare of others, who are constant in the performance of ethical procedures, who offer love to the feet of the learned, they are like my very breath. Listen, Lord of the kingdom of the ego, within you are all the appropriate qualities in addition to which you are most be much beloved by me. 
Hearing the words of consciousness, all of the monkeys began to shout, Victory to consciousness, the repository of grace. Discrimination could not hear enough of the nectar of the Lord's words. He grasped those feet again and again, and his heart was bursting with the fullness of love. He said, O Lord, O Master of the world which moves and does not move, O Protector of all life, O you who know the innermost secrets of all, I had one desire which has been washed away in the river of divine love to your feet. O oh God, O oh giver of grace, grant me pure devotion like Shiva always keeps in his mind. Let it be so, replied the Lord, who is strong in battle, and he called for some water to be brought from the ocean. He said, friend, even though you have no desire of your own, but having the vision of me is not without fruit. Consciousness applied the blessing of a king and marked his forehead appropriately. Instantly, a rain of flowers fell from the heavens. Discrimination was just anointed the king of the kingdom of the ego. Thus did consciousness save discrimination from the fire of ego's anger, fanned by the winds of his words. He also bestowed the entire kingdom. Whatever wealth was given by Shiva to the one with ten heads, when he offered his ten heads in worship, that same wealth the Lord of Light gave to discrimination without any hesitation. Forsaking such a benevolent, merciful Lord, men who worship other values are like an animal with neither horns nor tail. Recognizing discrimination as his servant, the Lord accepted his own. The family of monkeys highly respected this divine nature. Then the one who knows all, the one who resides in the hearts of all, he who is the form of all, the servant of circumstances, who wears a human form in order to give grace to devotees and to destroy the family of demons, in order to protect ethical behavior, said these words. O heroes, lord of the monkeys, lord of the kingdom of the ego, listen. How can we cross this immense ocean? It is full of alligators, snakes, fish, and it is very deep and in every way difficult. And discrimination replied, O leader of light, even though your one arrow can dry up this and millions of other oceans, nonetheless, ethical behavior suggests that you should ask away from the ocean before you employ such a device. Lord, the ocean is an older relative of your family. He will think over the matter and suggest a way. Then this entire army of bears and monkeys will be able to cross the ocean without tremendous exertion. Om. This is the 50th Doha. Om. We have 10 more Dohas. We could finish it tomorrow night. Uh, do we have any questions about... Uh, anything that we read tonight.
Yes, please. If Rome is consciousness and Watchman is determination, and yeah. What does uh, Satruvi represent? Satruvi, the, the defeater of foes, the defeater of enmity, who destroys all enmity, conquers over all the enemies. Primarily the six ripus. Those are the limitations, the enemies, which obstruct our conscious nature. Kam, krod, lo, mod, moda, matsardya. A desire, anger, uh, uh, delusion of, of attachment, uh, uh, ignorance, uh, and greed, and jealousy. Those six is Ripusudan or Shatruga, uh, defeater of the enemies. Other questions? Wow, you got it. Please. Saints like you are beloved by me. Yeah. No other reason do I wear a body. Yeah. Why else would we want to wear bodies except for satsang? The whole reason that any of us moved into a body is so we can enjoy satsang with saints like you. That was a conscious decision that each of us made when we moved into a body. We said, yeah, satsang is so much fun. Let's go down to earth and have satsang. And then we moved into these bodies so that we could hang out with saints like you guys. Now you remember? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All>, yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, yes. I mean, like in the Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna, you know, that uh, even I engage in activity in the world. Mm -hmm. It's the nature of life to engage in activity. Mm. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, satsang is an activity. Satsang doesn't occur without activity. It's a communion. And in communion, there is duality and there's a, 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 a move towards unity, a harmony in the duality. So is that the reason Krishna came into a body? It sure does. Yada, yada, dharma, shaglanir, bhavati, bharata. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Whenever dharma becomes weak and unrighteousness yeah, becomes yeah, strong, yeah, yeah, yeah. then and there I take a body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason. Why else would you do it? Huh. Not only playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> but also so we can recite the Sundar <laughs> Absolutely. On the golf course. <laughs> at the 19th hole. <laughs> do we have any other items of gossip? Om Sang Saraswati Namaha.